What's up, everybody? Welcome back. We got an exciting show lined up for you this week that I've personally been waiting for ever since I met this dude. Um, you got a lot to look forward to. Common Sense is really starting to take off after last week's episode and all the previous work we've put in. So we've got some exciting things lined up for you guys. I'm going to quickly let you know that YouTube is really close to being where we want it after last week's show. Obviously, we're having a YouTube sensation on, did some magical things with our numbers. So we are just a few short of 100 subscribers. So I have not decided what the package is going to be yet, but I'm going to put a cool common sense package. And if y'all know the kind of stuff I put out, like whether it's the bourbon or the tequila or the sticks that we smoke on here, Whoever ends up being that 100th subscriber for sure is getting something. I don't know what yet. We'll make it worth your time. But anybody between now and then that is a new subscriber that I can identify, like you have to make it visible because <laughs> a lot of people don't be, are not visible on there. So as long as you do that, maybe comment on the show that you subscribed, share it, Get your friends to do it. If you shared it and someone signs up and I can see that as well, I will include you in the little raffle we'll do. Um, no time period on this. Like I'm just going to let this run till the next show um, and see where it goes. But there will be a cool package for somebody besides just the 100th subscriber uh, on YouTube. So... Without further ado, let's dive into this week's show and share some common sense with you guys and some common grounds and just, you know, have the genuine, natural conversation that we have on here and hopefully you guys learn some stuff and maybe you're inspired or maybe you just learned something new this week. So anyways, without further ado, let's welcome our guest this week, Jeff Colvin. Welcome to the show, my man. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, um, I mean, I was a little intimidated, man. You've outbearded me. You're the first guest to outbeard me, It I happens, think. but hey, it's a brotherhood, man. Yeah. We, we are united by beard. Yeah, so yeah. I'm going to have to get <laughs> some like of that like horse mane shampoo or something now. Dude, and... I got you. Like <laughs> One of my buddies, like he makes awesome stuff and like some of the best scents, like Nice. No worries there. I got you covered. He's about to launch his new shop. Uh, so previously, uh, he did all this awesome, just like uh, Norse-inspired stuff where it was yeah. called Gungnir Grooming. So Odin's Spear for those that are not initiated. Okay. Odin's Spear. But I like this already. The, the best shit that I've ever used in my beard. Um, I've tried a bunch of different companies, and the fact that it was a small business, too, is really cool. But that, that's a whole other conversation. Yeah, sure. yeah. No, I'm, I'm totally all about small businesses yeah, and man. helping that out. That's that's absolutely cool. I, I, not that I need any more products. Like, my wife is going to start chiming in here in a minute and be like, oh, shit, someone else just told him he needs another product. Thank me later. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll <laughs> thank you, or we might have to have another conversation. I might need to sleep <laughs> on your couch or something, depending on how expensive this uh Odin spear stuff is but <laughs> yeah man so let's tell everybody a little bit about you what you do what your background is just so they can kind of get to know you yeah some of you probably know him from his band Urizen U-R-I-Z-E-N you guys should check this out if you don't know about it I know they're really about to blow it off the roof when COVID happened but yeah without further ado man tell us a little bit about yourself thank you uh so yeah, Eurozen has been awesome. That's uh, that's been a big part of my life the last few years in particular. Um, 
music has always been ingrained in what we do. Um, the most fun I've ever had on stage, man. Like, that's the best way to put it. For those that may not be familiar, um, we really want to deliver, a, like, a, a really incredible live show. So if you're going to come to a show, you're going to pay your money to come out, like, especially after COVID and everything like that. Like, we want to make sure that it's just something that will get you talking and something that, like, you can just have fun. So, like, you know, the guys in the band were all um, just super big, like, wrestling fans and video game fans and just, like, all the stuff from, like, you know, our childhood growing up, so the nostalgia's there. So I would say it's kind of like uh, getting to live, like, a, a big boss fight with music, and it's just, like, it's like a whole production. So we have, like, stage props and, uh, like, little, like, just different mechanics that we do to where it's just like little theatrics and uh, yeah, it's dude, it's just a blast, man. It's, it's the most truly a show. Like this is not like just going <laughs> to see a concert or a gig that your friends are in. Like when I first heard about it and I looked it up, my first and I'm, I'm forewarning a lot of my <laughs> friends because there's a group of you that are gonna instantly dig this, and there's a group of you going, "What the hell are you telling me to listen to, Gary?" Like. What yep. is this? What What is my mind seeing and hearing right now? Because right off the bat, I was like, oh, this is definitely not my cup of tea. Yeah. And then I kind of watched it, and I was like, oh, wait a minute. The, it's not as gimmicky as I thought it was. And, you know, yeah. and I'm randomly selecting YouTube videos and stuff before yeah. you even sent me some of the ones you sent me. Those ones, it was a lot easier because it was a natural progression in the show. Yeah. Whereas what I was getting was random parts throughout <laughs> shows on videos, and I was like, what are these dudes doing? Because it was kind of like, I got this hardcore German, like, du Haas, yep. you know, like, <laughs> vibe right out the beginning. And then dudes are wearing boxes on their heads. There's all these contraptions coming out and stage props and <laughs> random like that, uh, like the guy that talks from, like, the 50s in the background of, like, <laughs> albums and, yeah. like, uh, early Incubus or Sublime or... You know, one of those, like, I mean, Nothing More does that a lot with that guy that's, like, the commercial... You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. What is that best described as? The guy that's, like, the commercial ad? He's, like, from the 50s or 60s? Yeah, just, like, the... Uh, yeah. yeah. You, like, you know, you shouldn't roll a joint this way. And he, like, <laughs> goes on this little tirade and gives you a little speech, you know, that that kind of thing. And it totally had that mad scientist vibe. And I think yeah. the yeah. first video I saw, like, you guys had these contraptions getting hooked to your head. And you guys are just rocking out. And I was like... Y'all got to show me where to go on YouTube to find this. Yeah. This yeah. sounds Urizen. so interesting. U-R-I-Z-E-N. <laughs> just YouTube. Okay. And you're going to be able to pull that up. And these videos, man, like... It, it, it's a full-on production. like, And you guys build and make yes. all the props that you're using, right? I would love to take credit for that. But that is all Tommy, our singer. Uh, him and his brother Daniel have just come up with all these awesome ideas. But... Uh, Basically, we start the show, and we get interrupted after the first song by a mad scientist most of the time. And so it uh, comes out. We got voiceover and stuff like that. And he, so he puts us in these mind control units that we built. But, like, it's cool to see because, like, it lends itself well to, like, shows and stuff. But it's all made out of, like, colanders and, like, PVC pipe. And, like, it's just it's very, like, well thought out to where, like, before I was in the band, they did a tour uh, over in, like, or was it was like Sweden and Finland and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, so they had to build like a full road rig for overseas because shipping costs are insane. So like he's just so like talented at putting all this stuff together and coming up with cool ideas where like we have this big goo monster at the end where it's like this 10 foot inflatable with a big eyeball that we fight 
There's a robot that comes out. So this sounds so crazy out of context, but I promise Who, you. If there's you a check dude the show, walking around with little legs <laughs> inside of a cage. Yeah, man, I'm it telling just, you, like, it's different. Yeah, we got, like, flash hell. paper charges. We got Nerf guns. We, we got all kinds of stuff. So I guarantee you, you will have fun. And it doesn't look like they went to Home Depot and put this together, like, overnight. No, nah, this like, looks like He's subs. describing <laughs> this as, like, very This looking. looks like sub-kiss concert. Yeah. Seriously. It. So, yeah, Damn. I mean, it's, it's fun, man. Like, it just keeps it interesting. And, uh, you know, it's, it's like I said, man, it's the most fun I've ever had on stage. Uh, just getting everybody so bought into it in the band and just, uh, like, our crew that helps us, too. It's just, it's so much fun, man. That's cool, man. So what, what got you started in music? Uh, what were some of the other bands maybe that you were affiliated with or sure. spent time playing with? And what, where did your music journey start? Yeah, uh, so I picked up a bass at 12. Um, everyone was playing guitar. I really wanted to play guitar, but I was like, you know what? Bass is kind of different. It's something you know, not as many people are trying to do, and so I wanted to get really good at playing bass. And uh, so we just started a, a small group with some friends from school and just started gigging by the time we were like, probably like 15. And we were playing like all these shitholes like in the middle of nowhere, and like our parents were just like, they would still come to the shows, but they're like, why are, why are my kids coming to this bar? And like, like, we would come in and play, and then we had to leave, and then eventually <laughs> we started uh, just, like, you know, doing everything in Deep Ellum and Fort Worth and stuff like that, and, man, it was just, it was awesome. So, uh, we really kind of ramped up maybe in, like, 2011. I was in a project called Bear Witness, and uh, it was just a really fun metal band. Um, got to open up a lot of national, like, tour packages and stuff, um, and so that was, like, the first, like, taste of that where it's, like that different side of being in a band where it's like, yeah. you know, you're not like, you're still a local band, but like you're starting to like ascend the ladder a little bit, maybe like, yeah. but we're all like, you're getting, you're getting to toe the line with some of the bigger names and some pretend. of the bigger locals. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're opening up for them. Yeah. So you're at least, now you're not just playing from a mom and dad and some friends. Exactly. Yeah, you're getting, like three you're getting a crowd now. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man, it's like, I'm just, I'm super thankful for all those opportunities. Like there's nothing like being able to play music um, and just like, what it takes to be in a band and to have that creative outlet and be able to share that with people. It's awesome, man. And yeah. it's like, you know, you have those conversations with people at the merch table where they're like, Hey, like that was the best show I've been to. I mean, not every time, but like, yeah, you know, when that does happen and you can tell they're being genuine, it's like, man, that's awesome. Like that makes it all worth it. Like all the sacrifice and like all the stuff that goes into trying to be a band on that level. Cause like, these days, like, it's perfectly fine just to, like, get together with your buddies and, like, play in the garage and just play your favorite songs or just write shit or whatever, man. Yeah. Like, it's it's hard to be in a band right now. Yeah, and it's hard to get gigs. I mean, COVID yes. killed a lot of stuff. I mean, yeah. you and I have talked several times. I mean, I did, I did some lights and sound and a little bit of guitar teching for a lot of my friends' local bands, and it got me kind of roadieing around with a lot of the big bands in the early 2000s that I just happened to have a lot of friends in those bands and stuff, man. Yeah. And I, I have a passion for live music, Nothing especially like acoustic, raw stuff or, you know, a band. I'm going to say Dave Matthews, but that's not what I'm talking about. I mean, Benjamin Allen Band was a band around here locally of some of my really good friends for a long time. And those guys were just so raw and every show was so organic that yep. when they made an actual CD and got these big time like Sony producers and stuff, Man, I really didn't care for those CDs as much. Their live CDs that they recorded live at venues, yeah. those were absolutely nostalgic, took you back to a place in time. It's special. You, you know, like, there, it, it was, there was this rawness that a producer sitting here over-editing 
yeah. can totally screw up. And I watched that happen yeah. with bands like them and some others. And then you have the other bands that are, you know, bigger, you know, like the Edgewaters and the Nixons and Dolly Braid and, you know, all these different bands that I was fortunate to be around and Vallejo, you know, see somebody like Vallejo that's, you know, weren't huge in the U.S., but, like, they won Grammys and for best Latin rock. And, you know, right. like, being around those guys and watching AJ and them, like, do their thing, like, that was just absolutely amazing. As a young 20-something-year-old kid, man, like, I, I mean, I used to I, I used to live for that, man. I would work my schedule just to be able to go to that stuff all the time. Exactly, and it's like those are the memories that you take with you, too, where, like, I think back to, like, my first show I ever went to was ZZ Top. Went with my dad. I was five years old. It was a 91. Here's the cool That's thing. That's a hell man. of a first show. No shit. And I'm not telling you mine now. No, you have to, but I remember that. Like, I was just old enough to be able to remember that, and we actually found the ticket stub not too long ago when we were going through some stuff, so I still have that. I'm That's about to get awesome. that, like, framed up and, like, put it up in my house. Yeah. But, uh, that was just such an amazing first show, and it's just like that's where it kind of started for me, where it's like seeing those dudes, like, you know, who are these dudes with big beards and sunglasses and, like, just, like, playing this rock and roll, just, like, bluesy. Like, I hadn't heard anything like it, and that ended up being a mainstay in our house growing up, too. And uh, it's just, like, little things like that or, like, uh, just seeing bands at, like, Bronco Bowl back in the day. Where oh, it's like, yeah. I saw the last show up there. Yeah. See, like, it's just stuff like that where, like, it sticks with you, and it's just, like, it just, that fire burns, man. Like, it's, it's always inside, and it's something that, like, never goes away, and it's, like, that short little time on stage, whether it be half an hour, an hour, whatever you're doing, like, it's just, it, it charges you up, and it's something that just, like, it brings all of those memories back at the same time, and being able to do it yourself, there's nothing like it, man. Yeah, I mean, then you had things like the local show around here with Chaz yeah. and them. Yeah. Those guys are super cool. I mean, I'm really looking to bring something like that back. Like, I'm not going to talk about that a whole lot right now because there is some stuff in the works on that. But, like, that, being able to capture moments like that. You remember when The Edge did, like, that, I think it was, like, 99 cents or a dollar, and they did these random pop-up shows. And, like, you could be in the early 2000s, like, all of a sudden, you know, I'll say Nickelback, you know, and everybody's going to freak out. But, like, it was, like, Nickelback at Curtain Club. Right. Or Deftones at Curtain Club and these random bars in Dallas. It's like, you just showed up. You had no idea who it was going to be. And then you got this, like, amazing, intimate, small That's what I was gonna say. show that was absolutely awesome. I, I love that versus going to a bigger venue I mean, that's cool, and that has its place. I mean, sure. everybody would love that's a musician to get up and play in front of, front of like, 30,000 screaming fans. I mean, that's it. But you see a lot of these artists really enjoy it more, and it pulls something else out of them when you put them in that small, intimate space where they started out. Exactly, and it's so memorable, too. And it's just like you have that connection, and it's like, for me, it was always seeing the people in the band and just seeing, like, how they played that part on guitar or just, like, hearing the drum fill live or hearing the singer hit that note that you're like, wow, like, that wasn't a producer. Like, that yeah. dude can sing or... That wasn't auto-tune. Exactly. Yeah. So, like, it... And you get that connection with them, too, where, like, you know, maybe even at the merch table afterwards where you get to have that conversation and be like, hey, this really spoke to me, this didn't, or it's like, how did you do this? And it's just... Most people are so humble, too, that you can have those 
really cool like meet your heroes moments and it's it's not something that will sour the taste for you yeah a lot of bands have gotten away from that too i, I mean i'm gonna give a shout out to nothing more um i'm a huge fan of those guys i've gone to like three of their vip meet and greets and those guys are so humble and the fact that like they don't have somebody responding to every comment like if your friends like they have their social media accounts that are yeah. obviously handled by you know the powers that be within their management and stuff but they also all maintain their own and they still communicate with you and stuff and they did something really cool during covid is they created their own app and this whole virtual reality type thing with the rabbit hole where you got tidbits of like watching them start writing again watching them in the studio watching them break stuff down putting stuff together to where you felt like you were part of the process right. of that next album coming out, man. And I thought that was so cool. And those guys are just so humble and will sit and have a conversation with you. I mean, their guitarist, Mark, he'll say, you want to talk about beer or hot salsa or whatever. Yeah. And it's just like to have a, to see that all these guys that haven't just had their heads blown off already, you know, yeah. and like think they're, you know, mega rock hall of fame guys that will still just, you could sit and have a normal conversation with this. I mean, I, I love that. Like, I think that's so cool. Agreed. And that's the thing, man. It's like, I, so I used to do TV production as well, more frequently. One of the gigs that we got to do was the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction. And so one of the ones I did was 2013. Um, and so it was like Carol King, Randy Newman, uh, Run DMC, Heart. Like, Run DMC? Dude, it was awesome. Holy shit. It was awesome. And so where I was going with that is like the humility between all those people. Like there's no rock stars. And they have every reason to be and like not talk to like bozos like me that are just working the show. Yeah. But it's something where like they were all so cool. And like it was just such a cool vibe and like a cool environment. And my favorite part of that is during rehearsals, they had everybody get on stage and then brought on people with like like Tom Morello who got up there and played guitar with everybody and they would just play some of their songs but it was like this big group jam with like Gary Clark Jr. too and like oh wow man like so like those are the little moments for me where it's like yeah like I, I worked the show whatever but like being able to be there for that and that wasn't something that was televised like that jam that was so cool man and like those are the things that just inspire you to just really dig in and just learn something else about like music, whether it be a new instrument or phrasing or like, that's the thing with music. There's no like starting and ending point. It can be whatever you want it to be. Yeah. Like there's not, it's not math driven or anything. It's just, it's whatever you're feeling. It's passion. It's creativity. It's an outlet. It's an outlet and you, it can be whatever you want it to be. And I think that's something that's so important and I'm glad to see it still kind of at the forefront of everything just for, you know, people of all ages. What, what pushed you to find that outlet? Was that a, when you were a kid, did you just gravitate to music? Is music in your family? Uh, it, was, it was something where, like, I think I was one of the, I think I'm the only person that plays in my family, honestly. My mom played piano a little bit, um, but it was something where, like, I, I kind of started that, and it was just uh, my creative outlet where, for whatever reason, like, especially being a teenager at the time, like, not knowing, like, what's going on inside your head, you know, you're trying to make sense of everything. and yeah. It just it was a creative outlet and it was a set of skills that you could practice because like I would do that and I was involved with sports until like, I think it was like high school um, and so like, I just tried to do whatever I could and just like build different skills and just learn and just be a student and just I, the best way to put it is 
I knew from a young age, like, I don't want to just be like normal. I don't want to just like follow a linear path. Like I want to, I want to live my life, man. Like I want to do something extraordinary. Like I want to do something meaningful and just like, just learn as much as I can and make the most of this time that we have, man. Cause we don't know how long that's going to be. Yeah, absolutely. Got a little deep. I'm sorry. No, no. I mean that, that is essentially what this show is all about because I'm one of those people that feels like I want to build something. I want to create something. Yes. I, you know, I haven't found that perfect passion and purpose combination yet, mm-hmm. but I, I play with those ideas all the time. Like that, that is, that is what is in my head. That is what I'm putting in my notebook all yep. the time. Like trying to figure those things out and, that's where this started was having these conversations over a pour over a cigar with people like yourself here at the lounge. And I'm going, well, I just basically read a whole book sitting here having a conversation with somebody. And I wanted other people to be able to gain from that and to hear those conversations. And maybe it helps somebody find that purpose or passion. Maybe it sparks this idea. Maybe it tells them of a failure of, somebody that's on a path that they want to go down or they're thinking about going down and then they're able to extract that information and gain this little nugget that if that was the only thing they gained from this like hell yes exactly. like rock yep. on like do that like it's all progress too man it's like i i wasted a lot of time worrying about trying to perfect certain things yeah it's like i wanted things to be perfect like if i was going to do a podcast it would have to be executed in this way and like do this and be about this and consistency and just like constantly building but man there's so much to gain from just progress and to your point a minute ago just getting people to talk about their passions and what they're into man that that awakens like stuff in you too yeah where it's like absolutely they may be trying to figure out what that path looks like for them but if you get them talking about it man it's just like it just builds and builds it snowballs and like it's just it's cool to see what you can pull out of people and that's like that's probably one of my favorite things that I try to do is like when I meet new people, it's like, hey, what are you excited about? And yeah. it's like it's such a strange question to a lot of people because people don't ask that stuff. But yeah. it gets them at least thinking. And it's like, I was like, all right, get back to me on it. But what are you excited about? Whether it be like this weekend, next month, what are you doing in your spare time? For me, it's like even things like Legos, man. I can't tell you like how many times it's fun just to sit down and just like build like a giant Star Wars Lego set or something. Uh, you say that. Yeah. I, this was a couple years ago, but I had a, at the time my nephew was five. Yeah. And he is so much smarter than his age already. And he's a tinker. Yeah. He likes to build. He wants to make contraptions. We bought him this like engineering set because his mom's an engineer that – you can make little circuits and alarms and triggers and stuff. It was, He was five, and it was for, like, a 12-year-old. I think it was, like, 10 to 12. He was, like, within an hour, he was like, Uncle, Uncle Garrett, come look at this. I made an alarm. Watch. I can make booby traps now, and, like, I can have an alarm. And oh. he's, like, showing me all this stuff's going on. He's already wired the circuits and stuff. I'm like, you're five, dude. Like, I thought we were going to sit here and help you do this. And, like, nope. But on the next time, I was like, all right, now I got to level up. I yeah. go, so I go to this hobby store, and it's like, do I get him, like, a dance? Is he going to build his own drone? I mean, he's already flying little drones and stuff around the house. And I'm like, well, they had an Iron Man head Lego thing. So I bought him a gift that ended up being perfect. Yep. But I bought this stupid Iron Man head. 
My wife looked at me when I came home. She's like, what are you doing? I literally got a bottle of bourbon out. I was sitting there building a damn Iron Man head for like three or four hours and like was about to like rip my hair out. Like, because like, there's no way like a little kid could do this. I'm so glad I did not get this for him. But hell, he probably would have built it faster than I did. Honestly, man, those are some of my favorite sets. So they yeah. have the Iron Man helmet. They did like Carnage. They did, and they crossed over into Star Wars. They had like Stormtrooper helmets, Darth Vader, Mandalorian, and like yeah, and like those are like the perfect form factor for me for like a Saturday or something where it's like it takes you a couple hours to do. But the other thing that's kind of weird is like whenever you're building like the the inside of it and like the the frame, all the weird colors that they have that you don't see like once you add all the accent pieces. Where yeah. It's like, Holy shit! This piece is blue and yellow. Like yeah. this is gonna look awful. What are they doing? And then you just kind of build sense. around it. You're like, all right, I see you. I mean, I have a good friend, Noel. Um, shout out to Noel and Jamie. Um, their son. Um, I'm gonna butcher this. It's it's either NSF or NFS. I think it's NFS. Neurofibrosis something. Their their son has this condition, and they do a lot of stuff to raise awareness and everything else. Noel is like a full time pilot. But when he's home in his spare time, I mean, I just, I, I like panic. I almost have a panic attack for him sometimes when I watch him pull out these kits because his son Jason is like, I want to say like somewhere between eight and maybe 10. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to guess closer to eight. But they, they just did the big stormtroopers, the starship and all this. I mean, these are like tens of thousands of pieces and it's like, this kid takes on this with his dad, and they build, I mean, this kid's house has to look like Lego castle, <laughs> because they build these monstrosity of Lego things, and I just, I think that's so cool, but it keeps him engaged, and using his mind and stuff in a different way. That's what I like, it's like, it's engaging, you're using different <clears throat> parts of your mind, it's hand-eye coordination, it's mental clarity, because like, it's just complex enough that whatever noise you got going on from the week yeah. or whatever else, you have to get rid of that and focus on whatever you're doing. So I need Legos in my life. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, busy do some Legos. I need some. They're expensive as hell, Oh, though. my God, they are, dude. I buy my kids Legos. I stopped doing it because <laughs> they would always put these complex Harry Potter and Spider-Man. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, I'm downstairs in my office, and I hear it's Godzilla. <laughs> Boom, pow, couch. And then... Have you ever stepped on a Lego? Oh, bro. Dude, it's the worst. I should be in jail for the violence that I committed on this nine-year-old <laughs> for leaving, like, Lego traps for me when I come upstairs. Because they be doing shit they ain't supposed to. They'll turn off the hall light, throw some Legos out there, and then I step on it. And when I start screaming, you can hear them shuffling, like, getting in bed. Like, freaking geniuses. Yeah, I'm, the Legos. I'm, hmm. I knew I liked Oliver. Yeah, he's <laughs> evil, Oliver's a mastermind he's behind that. I guarantee it's a new kind of pain, man. Bruh. I mean, I remember <clears throat> as a kid, me and my brother, we had those bunk beds that like one was down and turned this way, and then you had the other one this way, and there was like a dresser here. Yep, it had and the I steps had the on the side. Bunk, it had the yeah. steps up the side. I can remember because I used to like toss and turn my. Oh, I still do toss and turn in my sleep. You know all that. I rolled out, and I mean, I can remember falling on Legos oh. from the bunk bed. Like that's the worst. It's like WWE ever. when they have the thumbtack matches. Yeah, oh, yeah. Same exactly, thing. exactly. Channel that Cactus Jack, man, Bruh, What you know about that? That's a whole nother podcast. That's what I'm saying. 
Uh, that's what I grew up on, man. So, like, especially, like, junior high and high school, uh, all of our, like, our friends and their families were nice enough to, like, get us all together and, like, buy the pay-per-view for us. Okay. Because, like, back then, you know, that's where, like, before you really have a concept of money and, like, you know, 50 bucks seems like a year's salary at that point. Yeah. But, or, like, WrestleMania was, like, 80 bucks or whatever. Um, and so we'd have to call the cable company and hope the cable box worked. I wonder how many people have no idea what the hell we're talking about with like pay per view and cable boxes. Oh, but, some do. Yeah, I remember right. the cable box that it got so hot you can grill cheese on it. Right? It yeah. was huge. Yes. Or you'd go tap the little brown box so you could watch Skin and Max between the lines <laughs> at night when you were like 13. And you're like, I yeah, just saw the half good a old days. <laughs> the good old days. <laughs> we didn't have the internet. No, yeah. it was a different time. But uh, yeah, man, it's just all getting together, just like ordering like pizzas and stuff like that, and just getting to watch WrestleMania. Um, the parents would take turns like taking us to like Raw and stuff when we would come through. Okay. Like, but that was the attitude era when it was good. Like I used to drag my wife every time WWE came in town. I have two chairs. One from I have a WrestleMania chair because I went to one, and we had um, SummerSlam. I have a SummerSlam because when you sit in the front, they have custom yep. folded chairs. So I have the two folded chairs at home. We like, need to talk some more. Bro, I'm a re- yeah, I got some no wrestling sucks. I don't yeah. watch it, but See, I was in wrestling. attitude area was great. Yeah. I was in wrestling a little bit when I was a kid, and then when I was like 18, my roommates were obsessed with wrestling, and we'd have Monday night, Raw night, mm-hmm. and whatever the other thing. It's Thursday or something like that. I yep. can't remember. Smackdown. Yeah. Thursday night, Smackdown. And then when WCW was around, I used to flip back and forth yeah. between the two we channels. Would go, it was Chick-fil-A night. We would go to Chick-fil-A. Or not Chick-fil-A, uh, Chicken Express. Ooh, we'd get the yeah. family Chicken Express tenders, come back, we'd make macaroni and cheese, chicken tenders, and we would watch this, and it was like a ritual. And then one of my roommates, Brandon, took me to see WrestleMania, and I remember it was the Hardy Boys. And Ooh. they were on Was that the one with the ladder ladders. match with the Dudley Boys? Yeah, and they were jumping off these You were there for that? Yeah, it was That insane. is considered the best yes. ladder match in the history of wrestling. And yes. I was like... That was super cool, but I was like, and everybody says, right, right, yes, it's fake. Yes, it's staged. Yes, it's an act, but like. Yeah, but you can't come off of a 12 foot ladder and fake that. that. No. These guys are still doing athletic things and putting on an entertaining show. And have you ever seen any of the videos when fans try them in real life and get their asses whooped? Yes. It's like, so right now, Bobby Lashley. Yep. I didn't realize that because all them guys are now going to make money at UFC. They get to do it for, and they are beasting these guys in the UFC. So I don't believe that. From what Jeez. I hear, it's just a, I want to see. I want to see a guy that's a wrestler for like WWE. You two, Brock Lesnar, UFC. That, that Dude, one. Brock Lesnar's a chump. Dude, that's chump. That's a ginormous that. <laughs> dude. That, yes. Yeah, you seen once they got some other dudes that were his size to fight him. They were actually trained fighters. They destroyed him, like. He I made mean, it like, a lot farther than anybody right, else walking there. Anybody else, like you name, I want to see someone in a lightweight, middleweight, featherweight that jumps in from wrestling and thinks they're going to have all of a sudden grappling skills, jujitsu, boxing, all these things. That now, some of these do. dudes, they actually do train in the arts. Yeah, they I mean, are, I they are good. But I mean, like, I apples don't think. Oranges. Apples and oranges. I, yeah, I think you're a little apples and oranges there. No, I'm not saying they're superheroes. It's, it's now, don't get me wrong, they're actors. Yeah, but a couple of guys have gone to the UFC and done their thing. But that's man, they're they're telling stories. I mean, you got Ken Shamrock, 
Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. He's so like you have the Ken first. Shamrock back in the day. He was the first, but he was. And then real you're gonna deal. have somebody like I mean, yeah. I mean, I just I man, I'm super into UFC. So you know, comparing wrestling and UFC, that's like sacrilege. Huh? Oh man, like I mean, it's cool. I mean, I would think it would be really badass if you know. John Cena or somebody or The Rock was like no, they're actors. not just a badass athlete and did wrestling and yeah. got into the movie business, but then turned around and came over nah. and did some like I'm a Rock fan, shit. but he would get all the steroids knocked out of him if he walked into a UFC ring. I mean, for real. I mean, you see these guys like uh, what's his name, Tim. Um, he's like an Army Ranger sniper, and he was in the UFC. He comes in and out like that dude. I mean, you're gonna put a wrestler dude in there with that guy? <laughs> I mean, holy shit! Yeah, it's. Uh, I remember in my day when everybody. Remember you heard of backyard wrestling? Oh yeah, it was on YouTube's earlier day when it's like these that guys. Kimbo slice fights too. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, but like in that unfor- era of YouTube. So was a awesome. very good friend of mine fought Kimbo before he passed away. Friend really? of mine from Omaha, yeah, Houston Alexander. Houston was pretty big and kind of like how Bud Crawford is now. We always get one person out of Omaha at a time. We don't do two or three. We get <laughs> one. Town, well, you got 311. <laughs> well, but that was more than one. Can you can you name another one? <laughs> I mean, actually a lot. We got a lot of people from Omaha. So, yeah. here's a wrestling fact. What old school wrestler is from Omaha, Nebraska? Ooh. Give me a time period though. Like attitude era? I'm going to guess. A Rick set? Flair. No, same 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 era as Roddy Randy Piper. Savage. Show me the money. Really, Ted DiBiase really? is from Omaha, Nebraska. Wow, that's yep. like another big wrestling family too, man. They yeah. had his son did it, and then I don't know if there's another one now. I don't know. That's been like since like 2010 or something like that. Yeah, Junkyard Dark. All those guys started in the Omaha Wrestling Federation. Way when I was like seven or eight. Like, it went deep. So they always came to Omaha because of a lot of people started in all these little ones in the Midwest, and it became what it is. But anyway, back to rock and roll. Who was your favorite, though? Who was your favorite wrestler? Of all time? You know what? Because of, believe it or not, I got to say Stone Cold. Hell yeah, man. Stone Cold is like. Nothing like that. There's nobody didn't have it. And when I watch all the documentaries now to see how he started to where he is. Ringmaster. He just always stayed the same. And and he was the only one really fun to see live. So if you go to wrestling live and you don't hear the commentators, it's weird. You just see them up there wrestling and everybody's cheering. The commentators is what makes it. Just like football. You go watch or a football UFC. game. I mean, you got to be able to hear Joe yes. Rogan and talking because they get you amped up. That's what they get paid for. Like when we go to the Cowboys game, we're talking to each other. Like, oh, shit, touchdown. So anyway, man, what about blah, blah, blah? Because it's not captivating live unless a lot's going on. See, it's I might just have a story. little bone to pick with wrestling because wrestling inspired me to do something really dumb one time <laughs> and i still pay that you price did not use your time. common sense i did not use my common <laughs> sense i was trying to entertain people and think i was being funny and i didn't realize that my instagram because i told my wife i'd only put it on instagram <laughs> just so that the whole family didn't see all this this photo i put out and yeah, man, I forgot that it was automatically linked to my Facebook, so it posted on both. Yep. And then my family roasted me with it on a family vacation, <laughs> and now it's like this big running joke. So yeah, I you know I thought I was gonna do a little Randy Macho Man Savage, like you know, yeah. like make people laugh, and yeah, 
We'll, we'll just say there's speedo and gummy worm involved, and it was yeah, it was pretty bad. Oh, now my whole family's like diving off of here right now. They're like, God, you just reminded us of that horrible experience. Shame. My cousins are laughing their ass off right now. Man, there's no one like Macho though. That was he was always my favorite. Just like that was like the epitome of that larger than life character. Um, but that was just him. Like he found that like gimmick that worked for him. Yeah. Where it was just an extension of, of himself. Character. Yeah. Turned up to eleven. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, and a half. Yeah. But no, I man, I got my uh, I got a Slim Jim like Macho jacket with like the fringe and stuff. I got the Macho Slim robe. Is- so who's your favorite wrestler from uh, the Attitude Era? Attitude, I mean, Stone Cold's right up there, man. Um, Undertaker and Kane were something special too. Just yeah. like seeing these dudes, are just these giant monsters, they just like choke slam people. Like, so I liked Undertaker shit. because of the monster truck. That too. Mm-hmm. That got me a little more into that. Mm-hmm. He was. I just seen the documentary. Um, I forgot what, but he was talking about. He became so obsessed. He was the Undertaker. All the time, yeah. he never came out of character. When he's shopping, when he's wearing a hat, it'd be eight hundred degrees. He's walking up somewhere with the trench coat, yeah. the hat, quiet eyes. Did it all the time. I feel like he's the ultimate person dedicated to the business, and that it's called kayfabe, just like staying in character and just like committing to that character. He did that for thirty plus years, and then just recently, you know, retired and kind of came out of character, started doing documentaries and just like speaking as Mark Calloway, and it's just like. And it was it's, crazy to hear how chill and unmenacing yeah. he really is. He's just a giant redhead, dude. Big dude, <clears throat> too. Yeah. Man. Most historic thing I've ever seen in wrestling Shane McMahon jumping. Well, was that? Yeah. Mania? When he jumped off on, uh, uh, not Cactus Jack, what was he at the time? What's his other? Uh, Mick. Mick. When he jumped off the top rope, or he got slammed. Somebody got slammed through a cage to the floor, and it wasn't Jerry, supposed to happen. Shut up! He got thrown off a twenty-five foot cage. It was it was called Hell in the Cell. It was it was, it was Mc, on Raw too. Mick Foley crazy. did that. Yeah. Yes. See here it comes. I told you, my family. Of course, they're all on and listening to this episode. Of course, you guys are all jumping in on this. Thanks for the views. Let them have it. <laughs> just just go ahead on let it on hang out. Garrett yeah. never gets a chance to have any fun banter on his show, so. I encourage y'all to interact. He's going to get <laughs> I me think later. We had a lot of banter last week, but we couldn't understand yeah, what they I didn't were understand saying. what they were saying. Because it was all in French. I like had to like pull the laptop over here and show the guest. I was like, hey, Baptiste. Like, he's like, we're not engaging in that. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm out on that. Like, nope. It's so humbling, man. Because like, even like when we were in Canada for uh, one of the last tours we did, uh, there's this whole like movement to preserve the language and the culture of, of like French in Canada. Yeah. And so everything is written in French first and then followed by mm-hmm. English. So like, if you go in, it's like bonjour, hello, and that's where like I try to be polite everywhere I go. And I'm like, hey, how's it going? And they're like, ah, oh, shit, you're from America. <laughs> yeah. Like I was like, man, can I just get a coffee? Like I like I promise I'm cool. Like cafe. Come on, man. Yeah. They're like, nah, get out of here, fucking you know, tourist. Get out yeah. of here. Yeah, my wife and I were in Vienna when Trump got announced as winning his presidency. How did that go? That was uh, an interesting place to be. Like, literally everybody in the bar. We were literally sitting at a bar, big, like, street side, like, kind of like what you picture, like the bar and friends or cheers. You know, you got the big picture windows. You got the main city outside at the bottom of the hotel. We're sitting here having old fashions, just kicking back 
And literally, when they announced it, everybody turned and flipped and looked at us. And it was like, they're like, really? You did this. You just elected. <laughs> you got fired. I was like, I, I'm here. I didn't do anything. <laughs> you know, like. And it was like, it was instantaneously. So it was an interesting experience. But yeah, th- those happen a lot. So what, you, you've, you're still doing the music, but yeah. you've also transitioned into TV production. And I know yep. you and AJ, who we had on a couple weeks ago, were, uh, man, I haven't had this shit. I'm kind of looking forward to trying this. ZZ Top, rye whiskey, yeah. man. Yeah. So you're saying... So, AJ, I know you and AJ are doing some stuff together. So, are you yeah. doing the movie type stuff or just strictly TV? What are you doing with production? Where, where are you channeling that into? Honestly, like, I really have shifted to live events. Um, those have been my favorite. Now, doing, like, more of a cinematic, like, film stuff. I did some of that in college. Um, a lot of fun, man. Just, like, it really amps up that creativity and, like, the people that are, like, really have that mind and vision for it. It's really cool to see. Um, I've always been more of someone where, like, I'll do production management or, like, run audio or things like that where it's, like, I can, I can still be creative, but, like, I want someone else to, like, follow their vision. Um, so right. I gravitated more towards live events, um, met a crew out of New York. Um, so I started uh, – someone got me on Super Bowl here in Dallas when that started. So we, uh, we were doing the halftime show. Okay. And uh, from there, just, like, it's all networking. And so it's all just, like, word of mouth and just getting to know people. And so right after Super Bowl wrapped, they were going to do the NBA All-Star Game in L.A. And so the production manager for Super Bowl was also on the talent logistics team for NBA. And so it just kind of lended itself to that. And I was able to I said, hey, listen, I'll work as a local, so don't worry about travel. Like, I'll crash at a buddy's house, save on budget, just to get on the show and just make those connections. And, like, that crew, like, I actually just worked with a lot of the same crew last month doing the NBA All-Star Game in Utah. And so, like, we've just stayed in touch over that time. And it's, like, with that, we're doing logistics. So we, we book all the talent for the show, so all the performers. Uh, we pull people from their seats for, like, awards or whatever. So it's, like, so-and-so needs to be up here at 736 to accept their award, whatever. Our team will get them to where they need to be backstage, get them to stage managers, and just facilitate all of that. Me specifically, like, I normally will do, like, uh, transportation management. So, like, we'll handle all the limos and get people the cars that they need, pull people up, get them taken care of um, from the hotel, rehearsals, whatever. And so it's just, it's cool how we all come together, but everyone has such an interesting background, too. Um, But what I like about live events in particular is, like, we come in, we do it. There's no safety net on live TV. You know, you got to get in. You got to find a way to do it. And it's, like, the car is supposed to come from here, be here at this time. It doesn't always happen. Or it's like so-and-so got in their Bentley and they're driving themselves now. And you're like, well, okay, i got to find out how to get them through like with a police escort or whatever to make sure they get in and access to the venue and where they need to be. So it's, just, it's a whole different set of skills that like, it keeps you sharp and agile and just like, makes you problem solve. And it's, just, it's kind of a rush, too, because you never know what's going to happen. And it's like the show has to happen either way. And you just got to figure it out, man, and trust in your team. And so I, I dig that a lot. And so, like, whenever I get offers for things like that, I'll go do that or, like, uh, award shows. Um, so it's less of, like, the, the planning for weeks. You just kind of come in a week before, get everything lined out, do the show, and then you're out the next day if you want to. Like, it just depends on what the, the gig is and what the requirements are. So I'm hearing a lot of common things. Like, you, you like being around people. You yeah. like helping people. Yes, 
you like organizing things and problem solving. So have you kind of focused your purpose or passion on those things or yes. where, where do you, where do you tend to lend? Cause I, I mean, I know you, you work in it as a day job. Yes. You've got the music side, you've got the production side. What, where are you trying to focus and mold your talents and your passions right now? In the people that I meet. And so a lot of people say life is about the journey. I feel like it's equal parts the journey and the company. And so I think if you, if you go out of your way to meet these new people, <clears throat> bring those close that are just like like-minded and want that as well, um, you can do anything. And it, yeah. it's, it's really something special. <clears throat> and so I feel like it's something where it's, it, the core of it comes from helping people. Um, I worked at Apple for a while at, uh, as a genius at the, at the bar uh, over here in Stonebriar, actually. Um, and I got to work at three different Apple stores in the area, too. I totally knew I knew you from yeah. somewhere else. Yeah, did I, I accidentally delete your iPad or something? I've, no, I've actually, I think you helped me. I think you introduced me because you guys couldn't actually solve my problem, and I needed more help. Yep. And... Uh, Man, what is that dude's name? I'm, I'm, I'm going to think of it. We're going to talk about this later. But, yeah, he has a super badass business card. It's black. It's matte black. It's, yeah, uh, like, it feels like about. a black credit card, like the Black American Express. Yeah, I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah, and you turned me on to that dude, and he saved my ass when my awesome. computer got crashed. Man, it's just it's stuff like that. That's at the core of it. It's just helping people. I want to use my time here to bring out the best in people, to get to know people, Get them talking about what's important to them. I listen a lot more than I talk. Um, and it's something where, like, I want to encourage people's passions and encourage them to see this stuff through, to have the courage to go try something new. Like, it's – we yeah. have such a short time, man. And, like, I feel like that's kind of been refocused over the last couple of years. Like, you know, my life changed a lot, and it was something where um, – yeah, what's, what's, what's given you that sense of urgency? Because a lot of people have to have – a very traumatic experience in their life or a death or a diagnosis yeah. to have the kind of understanding you do at your age to, of this, like, life is not endless. Yeah, you, no, you absolutely nailed it. And it, it was a combination of all those things. And so, like, I found out, number one, that I was diabetic. Um, type 2, so, like, you can put some work in and get it under control, which, thankful for that. Um, Join the club. Yeah, you too. Yeah, man, that's it's such a like that was such a scary thing because like I mean, I've had friends you know with with cancer um, and like everything <clears throat> in between where it's like you can your whole life changes in a moment. And thankfully, with mine, I knew I could put work in and get where I need to be. And so, you know, I dropped a hundred pounds, man. Like not overnight, but like you know, like, I, I put in the work. And it's something where like you have to count on yourself to do that. You can rally yeah. around people and have people have your back, but, like, it's up to you to do that. Yep. And the quote, I'm, I'm going to butcher it, but it was something that I read. It was something on the line, along the lines of every man has two lives. It's the one that you know, and then when you realize that you have just one. And that's where it just, like, really lit it up for me where it's like, man. That's I just, badass. I like right? that a lot. Say that again real quick so anybody that missed that okay. real quick. I might butcher it, but it was something yeah. along the lines of every man has two lives, or every person has two lives. The one that you think you know, and the second one that begins when you find out that you only have one. And, you know, it could be tomorrow, it could be 60 years down the road, it could be 100 years, whatever. Like, yeah. But 
making the most of each day. And I've been, I was so guilty about, hey, man, like, I'll do that next week or I'll do that tomorrow. It's like, no, man, do it today. Find a way to do it and just make that progress every single day. And um, that was a big part of it. And, like, I suddenly lost my dad out of, uh, out of nowhere. And it was something where that was right as I started a new job as well at Stitch Fix. Yeah. And, you know, that job ended up taking me out of state. And so I moved somewhere where I didn't know anybody at all. And I just like, I'm talking the first day he went in for surgery and then he passed that weekend. And so I'm trying to focus on starting a new job and like, you know, like really dialing in on a career. And it was something where you had to grow up so fast. And it's like, it wasn't expected all of a sudden. I was 35 years old. Okay. And so, and I'm 36 now. So like, it's, it's been, you know, a whirlwind of a year, but at the same time, like, man, I'm, I'm thankful for the growth. And it's like, that's just it. I lead with humility and like being grateful and just thankful for the, both the people and the experiences that I get to have every day where it's like the fact that you hit me up, like, Hey man, like, would you want to be on my podcast? It's like, man, I'm, I'd be honored to like, this is something like I, I'd love to just be able to sit and talk with somebody and hear someone's story. Like, I mean, who am I? I'm just some you know, random dude, but like, it, it's cool for me to, you know, this is a memory we're going to have now. Yeah. This is a conversation that we have, and, like, we're lucky enough to be able to, like, stream it, too, and just have it to where you can revisit this at a later time. Yeah, exactly. And it's just, yeah, it's like you, you everyone has different life events, some that they choose, some that are that they're forced to, like, just grow up quickly, um, and it just molds who you're going to be. And it's up to you yeah. how you want to move with that. I well, mean, you and I both have a really good friend. I mean, that's super powerful what you just said. And you and I both have a very good common friend in A.J. Falk. Yeah. Um, AJ, I can't say enough good things about AJ. AJ is my boy. I've not known AJ long, but I feel like I've known AJ my whole life because he is so real and just he is AJ every day from sunup to sundown. Yes. You get what you see. He's real. He's honest. He's, you know, he's blunt. Yeah. And he sees the world through a little different lens than a lot of people. And I absolutely admire that. And, you yes. know, AJ came to me like literally right after he was on the show. He's like, hey, man, I've got I've got a guy that I really want you to get on your show. He's like, I don't know how this works with you. Yada, yada, yada. He's going to be up here at the lounge soon. I'm going to introduce you guys. And then I kind of forgot about, it, you know, a week or two sure. later, he rolls up. You're here. And. I am half lit partying at ICC <laughs> on a private event. I got my wife here. We're having a good time. And he's like, hey, I want you to meet my friend Jeff. And I, I, I swear he said something different than Jeff because I even texted him after <laughs> I left. I was like, he's like, hey, this is one of the most interesting dudes I know. He would be great conversation, great person that you need to get to know on your podcast. And I think you guys would be great friends. And I was like, okay, cool. And he introduced us. And I was like, man, like you already had this like big introduction that oh. you probably didn't even know you had. No, man. and it was just like you're meeting me for the first time. I'm lit. <laughs> He's like, you know, giving me all this information and stuff, and I'm like, okay. So, and then, but my very first impression was like, yep, AJ's awesome. onto something here. We need to have a conversation. So, Thanks, I mean, I even texted him that night, and I was like, I think I said like. Yeah, give Tim my information or whatever. And he's like, I will give Jeff your contact information. And then I was like, well, I at least feel better that it's not Jeff spelled normally. That part. Uh, you know, yeah, like, man. So that, I always pay attention because, you know, like, you should see the way my name gets spelled all the time. Like, it's amazing. Dude, yes. 
I, I've, I've embraced the uh, the G off. Yeah. It, it happens, the man. The G off. I like or, that. Uh, my name is Jeff. That <laughs> happens all the time, man. Yeah. But uh, I, I can't say enough good stuff about AJ. And like, I know he'll be pissed that we're talking about him. But at the same time, like... We uh, did invite him to be back here and sit in because he yeah. is actually in the lounge. Is he? Hanging out. Right. So I did invite him back here to sit in with us. So I don't feel real bad about it. I mean, we can tell all the AJ stories we want to tell. There you go. Plus, I mean, I showered today. I don't know about you. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, Quite, it, twice, it, actually. Hey, there you go. No. But like you said, man, like it's just it's rare that you meet people that are so real and humble and like that want to get to know that story about you and like that want to be there for you. Like AJ is always checking on me. He's always making sure I'm good. Um, and it's without asking or anything. Like he's just, like you said, he's just wired that way. And those are people that you meet throughout your life, but there's so few and far between. Everyone always has an angle. It seems like, and he's one of those rare people that's just selfless and just humble and just, just a genuine dude. Hey man, I got you, whatever you need. Yeah. Like whatever you need, hit me up. Absolutely, man. AJ's story is an amazing story. For those of you that haven't heard it, go back, catch that episode with AJ. I promise it's one you don't want to miss. AJ is one of those people that really will resonate with a lot of people because you know, he didn't always have a certain life and you know, he had some experiences that changed his life. You know, and that's what it's all about, you know, having those experiences growing and moving forward and, you know, accepting some of those things and having those, having the ability to move past some of those things and to, to see a different path. Exactly. And just like having the ability to just kind of like be objective and think about how you want, like you're, you're in control of your life. And that's what I wanted to say is that we can't always control what happens to us. Yeah. And we have different circumstances that get us to where we are right here in this moment. But it's something where you can control how you react to it. Yeah. And the more that you're able to separate, all right, I can control this aspect. This is just going to be a variable that can happen. Yeah. And you can still control your own story. And Absolutely. it's like you control your mindset, your attitude, and how you want to approach the day. Yeah. Man, everybody's got something to be upset about or that could have gone better or, you know, any of that. But... If you can find a lesson in both the good and the bad and the indifferent, yeah. man, like you're rich beyond your years, man. Like that's Absolutely. that's wisdom that you can take with you. Absolutely. And that's what I just want to be able to impart on people too, where it's like give people the tools to like discover shit for themselves. Where like especially at my time at Apple, I met a couple people, they're some of my best friends right now, where that was the time in their life where like they really like discovered something new about them and they decided whether it be a career move, whether it be like a relationship, whether it be, you know, trying to sort things out in their personal life, whatever. And to see them get that win, man, that's the best feeling in the world. Like that, that means more to me than anything else. Absolutely. Like those are the things that I remember. And like, those are the, the memories where you're like, I know I've lived a good life. Like if, if today is my day, man, I, I'm happy with like how I left things. And that's Hey, man, not, not many people can say that, and that's yeah. something badass to put out there and a way to live your life. I'm going to give a quick shout-out because you made me think about this, and it's something I ain't talked about a lot yet. A few episodes back, we had a buddy of mine on, Alex Shaw, who does the whiskey weight loss. So you made me think about this when you were talking about your being that. diagnosed with diabetes type 2. So yeah. I went from being 38... And this before COVID, yeah. I knew 40 was approaching. Yep. And I had gotten up to 215. 
-hmm. And that is the most I'd ever weighed in my life. And I was like, this has to stop. Went and signed gym membership, got a trainer. Yep. And for the next two years, I was at the 5 a.m. club. Yeah. I got in some of the best shape I've been in my life. Now, did I lose the weight I, like, really set out to? No, but I, I got my body in a place where I was happy with it. I got back down to 205. Awesome. But I was a pretty jacked 205 at the time. Uh, you know, I had never had an upper body that, that large, you know, yep. that defined... I still couldn't lose everything I wanted to in the midsection and stuff like that. But I was the kid growing up that was six foot tall and I couldn't break 120 pounds till I was in my early twenties. Yeah. But then, and so I, I trained for sports and everything else. It was put weight on, put size on. Right. But then you get to a point later in life where, all right, the weight's coming on and you don't, I mean, I've been training all the ways to, to get bigger bulk, yeah. or bulk, but I had no, no knowledge, no training to take it off. Right. So I did that. And then COVID happened. And then I'm out the gym two years. Well, it slowly progressed to where I'm doing this podcast and I take a picture with these guys, any and everybody that's on my show after the show, promote it. And I'm like, holy shit, I am getting to be a fat ass. Like, I'm not happy. Like, and I'm, I'm just seeing it more and more and more. Well, after Alex came on and I, I turned Alex's program down to do uh, another program. I'm not going to say it now, but I'll talk about it again another time when I finish this program. And Alex came on my show and basically was like, I, yeah, you turned me down, but I, I probably wasn't even going to accept you in my program because you weren't in the place where I needed you to be for me to be a good coach for you. That's or, some humble pie for sure, man. And I was like, holy shit, this dude just came on my show then I'm helping try to promote his stuff. It said, like, I wasn't even going to pick you. Yeah. I wouldn't even let you pay to be one of my clients. And I was like, I went home and, man, that ate at me for a little bit, you know. And, like, I, I thought about it and I was like, you know what? Like, yeah, I'm ready. Like, I need to do this. So I started it. Two weeks before I started his onboarding program, I was 239. Like, I finally stepped back on a scale and I was like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's worse than I thought it was. So... I am now, like, I've gone through that. By the time I actually started his program, the week of onboarding, I was 236. Because I made a little few changes, started getting up early again, working my way back into the gym. Then when I officially started his program, I was 232. Last Sunday, after four weeks of this, I'm back down to 222. Dude, So, solid 10 pounds, but I've lost, like, two inches off my waist. I've put some back in my upper body. And I'm starting to get back there. Like, and it's steady awesome, progress. Man. So um, for those of you that are interested, I, I highly suggest going back and looking at and listening to that episode. Check out Alex Show's Whiskey Weight Loss Program. I can't recommend it enough. I mean, I thought I knew a lot about this stuff, but he has so many small tweaks, insights, and things that he can teach you and help you on your journey, no matter where you're at in your journey. And I highly recommend that. When we get to the end of the eight weeks, Alex is going to be coming back on here. I have before and after photos. Awesome. I don't give a shit. I'm going to put it out there. Y'all know me. I, I, I mean, I wear it on my sleeve. So we'll even put the Garrett fat ass pictures out there. <laughs> but uh, we're going to do this and we're going to talk about that more. And I, I mean, I highly encourage everybody because there are so many simple tweaks to your life. Yes. Of not changing your life, but changing your mentality, 
the way you look at things, and just making some smarter decisions and living by this, like, 90-10 rule where 90% of the time, if, you, if I know, like, like, I know throughout the week, I am going to drink on Tuesday with my guests. Right. I want to drink at least another day or two over the weekend with my wife and friends. When I started thinking about it, you know, one ounce and a half pour of bourbon is about 100 calories. Yep. If you don't account for that in the day because it's calories in and calories out. Yep. If, you've, if you're storing fat and you're not where you want to be and you want to, you, you got to put your body in a deficit one way or another. You can help with exercise and exercise definitely helps. I have not been doing anything crazy. I've been, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. I do a full body workout. It's little. It takes me 30, maybe 40 minutes if he introduces something new. Yeah. Knock it out. I then realized that he wanted me at like 8,000 steps a day. Yep. Well, my job, I sit behind a desk most of the day. Yep. I, when I started tracking it, and I mean, I don't have like... I don't wear an iWatch or a Fitbit or all these other things that track it. I had to remember to carry my phone with me. Yeah. Because your phone will track you. Well, I started paying attention to the phone. I am nowhere near getting in 8,000 steps in a day. And I was like, well, holy shit. Like, and I'm thinking I'm, I'm pretty active. You know, like, no, I'm not. Like, most yeah. of the time you're sitting and bullshitting or whatever. Yeah. You're not even walking around. You're not walking the dog. You're not doing X, Y, Z. Yep. So... You start paying attention to these things. Well, it instantly told me I needed to walk even after just walking. Like, I'm not doing anything. I mean, I'm not running. I'm not, I'm not even jogging. Yeah. I'm not doing the elliptical. I'm not doing the Stairmaster. I am walking on a damn treadmill, listening to an audio book, listening to some music, whatever yeah. it is, getting right, getting ready for the day. And I found that, you know, on a, on a day where I'm feeling it, you know, I'm doing 45 minutes after my workout. Yep. Or at least 30. I got to get 30 in or I'm not going to come close to my 8,000 mark. You know, but if I get 45 in, I might hit 10,000 or get up over the 8,000 mark. And it is helping tremendously. And I've still in this, I've not changed my lifestyle drastically. Yeah, I'm making smarter decisions eating. But if I'm out and about for work and I have to go for Chick-fil-A, he teaches you tricks how to order smart. Like, you may think that this is a smart decision. I promise nope. you. There's a smarter one, and it's actually better. Like, the best example he gave was, like, you could order the chicken salad and a small fry. Or a chicken sandwich and ten nuggets. Yep. Which do you think is actually more fulfilling and better for you, calorie-wise and everything else? Exactly, yeah. It's the sandwich it and the nuggets. ain't the salad and the small fries. No, man. It's a whole sandwich and 10 nuggets, which the first time I ordered, I couldn't eat the whole 10 nuggets. Exactly. But, like, I was fulfilled. I, you know, I lowered my caloric intake for the day. And that was me on the go. I had to adapt. And he teaches you these things that, I, I mean, I haven't. Last week, I had my biggest one. I lost almost five pounds last week. Awesome, I was man. sick a day that I didn't make it to the gym. Tapeworm? Yeah, pretty <laughs> much, man. I, dinner caught me. I don't know if it's food poison or just stomach bug, but shit sucks. Bro. I ate one thing the next day and drank a bunch of water. Did not go to the gym, and you know, because Wednesday and Saturdays are my cardio days. I yeah. go get an hour of cardio in, walking, whatever. But I didn't get any of that in. And one night last week, I got hammered, hanging out, having a good time. And we ordered Whataburger. I had a double Whataburger cheeseburger 
and yes. <laughs> a small fry, which I only ate a few fries. I did not eat much and yeah. drank some water. But I ate a damn double cheeseburger, and I had my biggest week of losing weight. That's awesome, man. So to speak to his program, it does work. And I want to encourage people to check that out. It, it's not the most expensive. I can tell you that right now. I know he's making some changes where, like, I'm in the eight-week program that then has a follow-up program if you want to keep going that teaches you maintenance and everything else. But he's kind of combining those. For anybody that signs up now, excuse me, and it's a 16-week program. I highly recommend it. I've spent way more money on personal trainers, XYZ weight loss program, and stuff like that. This is working. And That's anybody that wants to get their health a little more in check and learn how to do it in a way that you can continue to live your lifestyle and, and make exceptions and prepare for the things that you know are coming in your week... I, I couldn't speak higher to that because it helps you change your mentality, which is what you really need. Yes. And when you start feeling it and seeing it, and I'm not lying, it was slow at first. And at first, those first couple weeks, I was only losing a pound. Yep. And I was getting frustrated because on the other program, I was losing four to six pounds a week, but it was miserable. Exactly. It was absolute hell. It's not sustainable. My wife was going through hell trying to like, cook meals and everything else. I was going through hell because I was starving all the time. They didn't want you working out. They only wanted you walking 45 minutes every day. And it, it, it was absolute hell. Like, I, I don't recommend it unless you're somebody that is going through a medical condition yeah. and you need to lose a lot of weight fast for, like, a heart surgery or something that is bigger that you really got to do, do yeah. that for. But, yeah. I was I'll say, get off the weight loss thing, but I, I really wanted to throw that out there for him and put that out there because I know a lot of people about that. I mean, you just said, you know, you got diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. Yep. I mean, you learning something like that that could help you lose. If you lost a pound a week for a whole year, you're down another, you know, 56 pounds. Exactly. You know, like, yeah. that's huge for you. You know, like, that's, that's a life-changing thing that, like, maybe now you're not – you know, having it's to everything. take X pill like that. Yeah. It's everything, man. Cause like a lot of the medicines that you take for that are ruining other parts of your body. So like your kidneys and your liver are getting destroyed by the medicine that's helping you keep your sugars. If down. you take that nasty as metformin, I it do. whips your pancreas. That's my doctor told me, unfortunately, exactly. and all the other stuff. And I'm saying, that's why you got to be on your shit and just, just get right. That's, man. that's what, yeah, man. And it's, it's like, once you right, you can come off all that crap. That's and that's huge too. And it's like when you can start to see that progress there and be able to dial it back, like that is the best win because speaking to your point, any of that health in general, it's a total body engagement, mentally, physically, emotionally, everything. Like, you know, whether you have like, you know, an emotional attachment to food where it's like, Man, you're having a great day, let's go party, you know, or you're having a shit day, let's go eat two Whataburgers, whatever yeah. it is. Um, it's different for everybody and we all have different makeup. Um but speaking to your point, like, I watched a little bit of that episode, and, like, I pride myself on being able to read people. And you can tell when people are bullshitting. You can tell when people are just telling you, trying to sell you a bill of goods. Yeah. That wasn't him. Like, no. he is he is genuine, and he can help find you ways to, you know, do what's best for you and what your goals are. And for me, it's, all, like you said, like, you don't have to, like, go run a marathon or run a 5K or anything like that. There's a place over here, a nature preserve, Arbor Hills, that my buddy turned me on to. Yeah. Man, have you ever been there? Yeah, I love it. I live real close to there. 
that is one of my favorite things that I've found since I've been back in Texas. I moved back uh, at the end of last year, and just being able to go there, like, you make one lap, it's two and a half miles, man. Yeah. Like, you can shorten You're it. You're everywhere there. Hit me up, man. I'm, I'm down to go do that with you. Let's do it, man. For yeah. sure. Like, that's, that's awesome. And so, like, that's where I've found the most joy lately, where it's, like, especially getting off work, going right before sunset, getting to see the sunset there, like, finishing the lap or two, depending on the day. You know, ringing up anywhere from three to six miles, like on yeah. average, and you don't like. I mean, you break a little bit of a sweat, but it's not like as intense as some of the other stuff. Yeah, nature. Do. It's meditative. It's relaxing. Like my stress levels too. Just like getting back in the gym. Yes. Or even if it's just you know as boring as walking on a treadmill is, it's still therapeutic because if you can at least zone out, like yeah. listen to your audiobook, listen to music you like lit you know don't listen to anything and just zone out and think for a little while and oh, just walk yeah. just walk for an hour yeah i mean it doesn't have to be total you brain know, refresh you walk yes, for an hour refresh. at 3.6 miles per hour yep you're gonna burn three four hundred calories and i mean what i mean that's just extra like and it was i promise you it'll it'll change your outlook it'll change It'll change the things, you, the way you feel. It'll lower your stress levels. It'll do a think, whole lot man. for you, man. Because like, yeah. it, it's time to you as well. Because if you set that time aside for you, yes, you are separating and saying, I am valuing my health. I'm Whether it's your mental health, your physical health, whatever, you're giving yourself that time. Yeah. And it, it's an hour of your day. Like, yeah. Minimum, Nothing. like j just making some small tweaks like that can be so huge in helping all aspects of your life. But dude, I've had like some of the best like moments of clarity, some of the best conversations about just like life or relationships or, or whatever it is, man. Like you can just connect with people on a different level and it's just like you're, you're feeling all of the needs all at once. So mental, yeah. physical, everything. And it's just like, it's, it's like you said, it's just a short capsule of your day. But, man, it's just exponential growth and progress that you see. And, man, I wouldn't trade that for anything. Like, that's, no. that's kept me grounded. That's kept me, like, you know, I've always, like, especially over the last few months, I want to be the best version of me. And that's for me, for myself, but also for the people that I interact with, whether it be, like, my friends, the people that I date, whatever. Like, I want to be the best version of me for myself and for them. And, like, that's such a great way to do it. And... It's just, it's, it's inspiring. And it's just like, that's the real shit that we all think about that we, we don't always get a chance to talk about where it's like, you know, or it's, we it's make excuses for us yes, because exactly. it's easier to stay where you're at. Yeah. Then, and to make up another bullshit excuse. Yeah. Then to acknowledge that like, I mean, even with me, like Alex and I have these weekly calls every now and then it's like, I'll, I'll tell him like, Hey man, I'm not really digging this. He's like, it's working though. Right. And I'm like, yep. And I'm, I keep telling myself like, Hey, obviously what I was doing before or what I did before didn't get me exactly where I want. So I'm going to do it your way. Yeah. And I, I mean, I'm just going to stay true to that as long as I'm doing your program. And, you know, maybe when I'm done with the program, maybe I, I make some other tweaks just because yeah. I've gotten myself to a different place where that's feasible. Dude, you it's know? cheesy too, man. It's like, and especially like as men, like, you know, I feel like there's all that stigma there too, but like. Man, if you can look in the mirror and like what you see, yeah. love what you see, be proud of what you see, that's fucking huge, man. Yeah, Like, that's absolutely. the greatest gift that you can give yourself and the people in your life. And it's like, yeah. 
being proud of who you are and like what you're about and just like living your life, man. And just like, I don't know, like that's something that I, 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 every single day I try to do that. And some days it's easier than others, but I mean, it just, it fuels everything, whether it be like sitting down to learn a new guitar part, um, just learning stuff by ear or like, you know, even in yours and like, you know, we're up there wearing like, you know, battle vests and like, you know, knee pads and baseball pants, all this stuff like, just like being able to be stoked about what you see and just like embrace that part of it too. Like, it's just fun, man. Like, yeah. Like we're, we have a robot. We're Feel fighting a little more childlike. Football. Yes, man. Yeah. Like we're fighting a mech of a mad scientist and we get to do that on the floor like in the crowd and like you know have people get involved with it and, and there's people wearing boxes on their fucking heads dude that was like, the wildest thing man like we're playing a convention in dc and people brought their own boxes and like that's just like a symbol of like we have a song called box makers where like the the gist of it is like we make the things that we can't afford to buy so it's just like speaking to the economy and like how hard life can be um and just how you kind of rally around each other and dude seeing like looking out in the crowd somewhere that I've never been, you know, in that capacity, seeing people with boxes on their heads, like, and you see the video, too, that got shot, and, like, people are, like, it's awesome, man, and, like, they bring it to the merch table afterwards, yeah. like, hey, man, like, y'all really got me through a dark time in my life, and it's like, dude, I, like, I don't know what to say, like, it's just, yeah. it's so humbling, where it's like, man, thank you, thank you for caring about, like, what we're doing, and, like, for sharing that with us, like, I, I want to live my life and hear people's stories, and, like, <clears throat> not even self-serving ones, just, just, you know, what gets people excited and like how they like what overcome adversity. Yeah, man. Yeah. And that makes it all worthwhile where it's like, man, like what we do is wild. And like, especially with yours and like we have a trailer full of just like stuff for all these props. Yeah. And, you know, for people to embrace that and like it and have fun and like be able to like, we had some person that did like a dance routine to some of our music and just getting to see that and have that shared like with TikTok. us. Like TikTok. Man, no, this was like like ribbon dancing, like competitive dancing that they oh, did okay. to our music of, of all things. That's like, cool. Like, dude, that's awesome, man. Like, for me, it's just like, dude, that that means the world to me. Yeah. Thank you. It's it's funny we're talking about this now. So I'll, I'll I'll tell another story. This literally just happened this weekend on Saturday. So there's this dude that I see at the gym right now that I've been back in for a month at Lifetime. And there's always people you want. If you don't people watch at the gym, something's wrong with you. Like the best part. you can you can try as hard as you want to, but there are some people that are just gonna catch your eye, right? So there's this dude that is like absolutely fucking ripped. He's jacked. He's a little guy. Asian. I don't remember if he's Chinese or Japanese. Can't remember off the top of my head. This dude's jacked. And at first, I was like, what's this dude's problem? You know, like, I'm watching this guy. And I'm like, I'm trying to get back into gym mode. Yeah. You know, like, week one, I'm like, man, I'm over here struggling and stuff. And this dude is having the time of his life. He's taking selfies with people. <laughs> he's got a selfie stick. He's videoing his stuff. He acts like he's at the nightclub on ecstasy. <laughs> I mean, that's the best way I can describe it, like, this dude is bouncing around. He's dancing in between his sets. He's he's doing things that you see kids do on TikTok. And I'm just like, <laughs> this dude's, like, living his best life. But, like, my first thought was, like, does this dude have, like, Tourette's or something? <laughs> like, what is his medical condition? Like, there's something not right about this dude, right? So I watched this dude for, like, four weeks. Like, and 
every day is the same thing, man. Like, this dude is in his own world, putting on a show, taking selfies with people. Some of the 5 a.m. gymmers are like, they know him. They're being cool with him. And I'm like, why am I, like, so, like, what's wrong with this dude? Instead of, like, damn, I wish I had that kind of energy. Like, this dude does not give a fuck. He is living his best life. He is, I mean, absolutely getting it. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm, I'm kind of beside myself, you know, yeah. but like, I'm judging this dude, like completely judging him. I'm literally trying to diagnose him in my head. Like there's something wrong with him. Yeah. Yet he's having a better time in the gym than any one of us. He's getting better results. He's, I mean, it, it doesn't make sense, right? Because it's not my norm. Yeah. It's not my comfort zone, for sure. Even I, if it was I my think norm. every gym has that. We have a lady at our gym, me and Brandon go to, Texas right. family. So, Bad. so check this. So, Saturday, I get to the gym late. I mean, I, I mean I'm pulling it like 10 a.m., right? I'm just trying to knock out my cardio. Like, I'm going to do some cardio. I'm going to sit in a hot sauna. Ooh, I'm nice. going to shower. I'm going to go home. And I'm going to enjoy my weekend with my wife, right? Dude walks in, and he, like, sits on the bench right next to me. He's kind of getting ready. And he starts having a conversation with an older guy around me. And you can tell he's, like, down. He's bummed. And I'm like, hey, man, like, what's up? Like, dude, you you bring the energy, like, around here. Like, I, I don't know what's going on with you or whatever. He's like, my name's Jonathan. And we start talking. He's like, do you care if I take a selfie with you? He's like, I take a selfie with everybody at the gym and people I get to know and you know, kind of we're talking about now. And they're like, sure, man, we take a selfie. We took a selfie. He's like, can, can I friend you on Instagram? I'm like, sure, man. So I, he hands me his phone. I put my personal Instagram in. And I was like, man, I should promote the podcast, too. <laughs> I put hard. a podcast. And I hand the phone back to him. He's like, you have a podcast? I'm like, yeah, man. He's like, do, do you let normal people come on your show? And I'm like, what do you mean do I let normal people come on my show? He's like. He's like, I think I have a really good story, and, like, I'm, I'm, I'm recreating my life right now and everything, and, like, I think I have a good story. And I'm like, okay, man, like, we can talk about that, like, for sure. And he, he just instantly starts telling me, he's like, so you said that. He's like, man, thank you. You just changed my day. He's like, I'm, I'm a recovering alcoholic. My sweetheart from when I was, like, 15 left me. I was like 200 pounds overweight. I've become a gym rat because of all this. I went through AA. Now I only have two drinks most. And, you know, like I still enjoy alcohol, but like I respect it now. And I'm a gym rat. I live my life to get healthier. I just finished nursing school. Damn. I'm becoming a nurse practitioner of some sort with children. And he's like, one of the children I've been helping for a long time, I just found out he died. And I'm like, holy shit. Like, now I feel like an asshole. Like, I've been over here, and, like, I kind of was like, man, you're, like, not the life of the gym like you normally are. And he's like, man, but, like, you just, you gave me what I needed today, man. He's like, he's like I'm really interested in doing your podcast. Like, I want to talk about it. He's like, I troll people, but I live my life on, he's like, I'm a, I'm a social media guy now. I'm blogging. Because I grew up in a traditional family in my Asian culture where we can't even talk about these things. And he's like, now that I'm seeing a therapist and everything else, like, I'm learning all these things about myself and how to, like, live life and let it go. And he's like, 
that's what I do in the gym. And I was like, holy shit, here I've been over here thinking the guy's fucking crazy and has something wrong with him. No, dude's living his best life. He's actually doing work to get right Love that. in the best way he can, seeking professional help. He's a damn nurse practitioner helping children, and he just had one of the children he's been working with and had a relationship with die. Yep. I'm like, it goes to show shit. you, man. It's like we never know what people are bringing in, whether it be someone you see at work, whether it be someone you see at the gym. Or for me, yeah. like, I'm a big collector, and so, like for All me, right, it's, we're gonna talk about that. In a okay, cool. So, like an example would be like uh, like the record store, just thumbing through records. The people that you meet there, you hear their story, and it's like it's the same thing where it just puts everything into perspective, and you can be brought together by the the most like silly thing, like like buying uh, like a black metal record or something like that, and it's like, yeah. oh man, I love their first album. Oh yeah, have you checked out this band? Oh dude, awesome. They sound like this. And there's just like, it doesn't matter what it is. Like, the vehicle to get there can be whatever you want it to be. Yeah. And that's what makes it so cool is, you know, whether it be at the gym, the record store, like going to like Comic Cons or something, like whatever that interest is for you, you're around like minded people where it's like you have that to fall back on. And I feel like, especially here, AJ brought me into meeting the people at this lounge. And that's like, you know, with him doing an amazing DJ set uh, that we did, like, last yeah. week. I was like... First Friday. I'll be honest, man. Like, normally I hear a lot of stuff. I'm like, eh, whatever. But, like, the way that you did your thing, like, you could see in, like, the selections that you made and the way that you brought things together. It's like, man, this dude loves what he does. And he's got a great passion for it. He's got a great, like, breadth of just, like, just experience and, like, the library that you had and the way that you brought stuff together. It's like, man, this is the most fun that I've had, man. Like In a cigar lounge. In a cigar lounge. In a cigar places. lounge. And everybody's treating you like family when you walk in. And, and you're just you like, can't fake that shit, man. No. Like, like, the people here, like, I'm, I've been here all of, like, four times now. But they make me feel like I've been coming here for 20 years and, like, they genuinely are happy to see me and want to show me something. You want to move closer and be able to be a part right. of it more. <laughs> yeah, Man, it's, it's so cool. And it's, like, I've always loved cigars, uh, but, like, I have very, very, like, shallow knowledge on it. Like, I have something, like, I'll go through the humidor and it's very, like, gatekeepy at other places yeah. that I went where it's just, like, they're like, what do you want? Like, you know, or they'll judge you based on like how you look or like what you're looking at on the rack or whatever. And it's like, it's not like that here. Yeah. And no, you know, I know we were at the event the other night and just like the, the little like curated, like the amount of curation that goes into the humidor here and the stuff that these guys bring in and that they're passionate about. It's, it's so cool to see. It's, it's amazing. I, we talk about this a lot. Like they're going to need to start sponsoring my show other than this time <laughs> you record here. But you know, same thing with Adrian. I mean, yeah, I keep telling you, this is my new favorite one. This is this month's shirt from Cigars and Guns. I mean, Adrian is putting out fire. Fire. We're going to have some Common Sense stuff coming out soon. April, the website should be done. We'll have the website done. Merch will be coming, so you guys can get you some cool Common Sense merch. Yeah. Um, that will be coming. But, yeah, man, I mean... I've always been amazed since the day I stepped foot in the public lounge here. The family, the friends, the people that walk around and just start a conversation with you, like, don't even know you, and they walk up, shake your hand, say hello, yeah. 
hey, what are you smoking? You really like that? And you're like, man, I'm a newbie, whatever. And this guy walks over and he's like, hey, man, you should try this too. If you like that, exactly. take this home with you. And next time, try this out. I think you'll really like that. I mean, just like. It's my you, people, man. Yeah, and like, you, they've created this environment here, the Frakes, that is absolutely bar none. I mean, like, I've been in more lounges since this all happened. And I, I'm going to say it too on here. This might get me in trouble, but I really don't give a shit. There's a new lounge in Dallas, folks, and it is literally in my backyard. I went here with some friends. I'm not a member there. It's cool. It's just like the other stuff in Dallas. It's going to be like a nightclub. It's a club. It's not really a cigar lounge. Yeah, you can smoke cigars there. They have a badass. The one thing I'll say that's amazing there, they have a badass filtration system. Yeah. You don't smell another cigar. There ain't, I mean, you don't go out of there smelling like a cigar. Like, it. that is badass. Yeah. Their drinks are overpriced. I mean, but, I mean, it's cool. You want to get dressed up? You want to go do that? It's a thing. Man, yeah. go with your friends. I can promise you in a year from now, that vibe, they're going to have to change the name or something because Dallas wants the latest and greatest and it's got to be new and yeah. hot. Like, yeah, that's it right now. But it is nothing like this. I mean, the humidor ain't that great. Cigar selection ain't that great. The advice, if you walk in there and ask a question, I mean, I guarantee you because I didn't know half the cigars in there and I'm no expert, but yeah. I do know a good amount about cigars at this point after being a member here for a couple of years, but it, it's not what a lot of people make it up for, making it up to be. Like, right. it's going to be one of those things, like, it, it'll grow old. Like, watch, this doesn't grow old. No. There's new people coming in all the time. There's new faces. There's new conversations. And the people, there are people that come and go, but the majority, the core, and the core of what comes in new that stays genuine people like you yeah. you're at a country club you're at you're at a social networking event where like people really are sharing that because people that are looking for those experiences they want to come in have a cigar have a drink relax and right. then oh lo and behold i made a new friend i started a new conversation i learned something new like you can't fake that you can't make that happen no. they've done it magically and yeah. I know there's a lot of talk and people get worried about it and, you know, think that it's like, you know, maybe feel threatened by it or whatever. It's, it's a new thing. I promise to any of those that are listening, I don't think that's going to be the thing. Like, no, no, it, it, it speaks to just the character of everybody here, too. And, you know, I'll be honest, man, a couple of weeks ago, it was uh, the first Friday. Um, yeah. You know, AJ was, was like, hey, dude, like, you, should really, you should really come out. You'll have yeah. a good time. I was like, man, I don't know. Like, I was, I was having kind of a shit day, and, like, I was going through some stuff. And, like, you know, I, was, I came home from work, and I was on my couch hanging out. And he said, dude, come up here. I promise you will have a good time. And I yeah. did, and DJ set was awesome. You know, I got to meet some of the regulars here, like, you know, Ty and Ron and Kayla. Like, all just, like, yeah. really good people. And the mayor. you know it's you good when you remember mayor. names. I never well, remember people, names either. That's see? the thing. Yeah. So like, you know, I know, I know we've hit that, and like we've been kind of heavy-handed with it, but like, it's it's the real deal. And so like, if you have any interest at all, or even if you don't, and you just want to like go somewhere new and experience something new, like it's welcoming, and you don't find that most places. But to your point, like, even if it's like as simple as like 
maybe like a GameStop or something. Like if you want to yeah. go buy a game, man, I would drive to Allen or Plano or like Bedford or any of these other places to go see the people like that that work for the company where it's like, yeah. I can buy this game digitally from the couch. You know, I don't have to do this. Yeah. There's no incentive to go to any of these brick and mortar stores, but the experience and the connection you have with these people, that part. that's what makes it special. And it's like, I'll do that every single time and never feel bad about it. Like, even if something Absolutely. as stupid as like Whataburger, like there's like, there's someone that works at the one in Ulysses that like, I've, I've seen him for like 15 years, man. So I went to high school down there and every single time, man, like the way that he's normally on the window and he's like so bright about like, like just greeting people and I'm, I know I'm weird, man, but, like, I'm someone where, like, whenever someone, like, say I drive through somewhere, hey, welcome, what do you want? I'll always say, hey, how are you doing? Before I order anything, and that's just, like, how I am, it's, like, this burger can wait a minute. It's, like, I want to take a second to be, like, hey, man, what's going on with you? And a lot of people don't know what to do with that, and they're, like, uh, yeah, good, whatever. And, but this guy, like, Man, I, I can't tell you some of the interactions we have, or like even like right when my dad passed, like my dad and I used to go there all the time, and he was like, "Hey, man, where's dad?" And and so I told him, he's like, "Oh my god, I can't believe it. I'm so sorry to hear that." And like he just like he sat there and like we just genuine genuinely talked, where it's like the world stopped for a minute, and I think that's like for those people of you, need a lot of that in their life. Yes, and like especially with something as heavy as grief, like I feel like we all navigate it in different ways, but I think the hardest part about that is that the world doesn't stop. And I think that's the most bewildering part about it is like you're feeling the most intense shit that you've ever felt in your life or, you know, you're trying to make sense of everything. But at the same time, the world keeps going. Absolutely. And like that's a hard adjustment. So when you can find little pockets of that, that's what gets you through. And that's where it's like I want to pay that forward. Like I'm not going to buy someone's coffee just for the car behind me. Like we've all done that. But like it's not going to be like do that and then, hey, post on Facebook. Hey, you know, I bought someone's coffee. Like, yeah. You know, plus five yeah. in the karma bank. You know, yeah. I got that. that coming to me now on the road. No, man. It's like you got to do that just because you want to do that and that's who you and are. And drive off. Yeah. Or just ask somebody how their day is. Yeah. You know, like that simple statement of you doing that in a drive through I, I feel like that relates to my Saturday experience with Jonathan. You know, like. Yeah. I didn't know this dude. I'd been judging him and making all kinds of assumptions about this dude. And yet he just lost somebody that was close to him and his vibe went down and me asking him about it and giving him an outlet to talk about it was all he needed. That's huge. It's all he needed that day. And I went back upstairs, started doing my workout. And by the time I got done and went to do a little bit of abs, that dude's over there popping around, doing his thing, <laughs> doing his dances, Getting in his workout, and I was like, and then he saw me, and then he's like, and he said it again before I left. He's like, hey, man, I want to do your show. Like, let me know how we awesome. do this. I was like, I'm going to get you in here. We're going to figure this out. Like, when he told me about the AA thing, he's like, I can have two drinks a day. I was like, whoa, I don't want to promote that, like, you just got through this. You're making this breakthrough. Yeah. I was like, because I've had people on my show that we don't drink at all. We can, You and I can drink coffee, man. We can drink we could sit here and drink a protein shake after our workout and, you know, talk, whatever. It doesn't matter. Whatever's like, whatever is cool. Yeah. It's just what usually helps the conversation or allows the most common ground. Because I've just found that whether it's the bourbon, the tequila, the spirit, yeah. or and or the cigar. Yes. People let go of the 
bullshit in their life or the stuff that's around them and can have a serious conversation. You can talk about taboo things. We do it in the lounge all the time where this might be the hottest thing in the news and you just feel like if you said this at your work, with your friends, at a bar, that we can't have a conversation about this. Like, this is going to turn into a fight. Yeah. You know? No, that happens up here all the time, whether it's race, religion, color. I mean, there's a guy up here that I'd love to have on the show someday. I'm not going to put his information out there, but he just gave me three books he wrote. And he's, he's a preacher. Yeah. And I read like 60 pages of that last night. And man, I'm telling you, like, I get it, man. Like, I'm not a big church guy. Not really into that. Like, had my own experiences with that and my own thoughts on that. But what he's talking about, we could, we could, we could have conversations about that. And we could exactly. talk about that. And I think that's super interesting. Like... I don't know that he's ready to dive into all that, you know, like in, I want in, that perspective though. Like I want, so do that. I, it's like, I, I'm glad that we think differently because I want to know <clears throat> why, you know, why you feel the way that you do or like what is interesting about it to you or like, why does that resonate with you? I've never had that. Like, you know, especially yeah. with that, it's like, I didn't find that fellowship in the churches that I went to, but mm. like I would find people in other circles where it's like, okay, I can vibe with that. But like, I think, you know, being open-minded enough to hear different perspectives, it helps you grow and helps you, you know, determine what's important to you. And yeah. like, you got to have multiple perspectives, man. We're all so different. We're also, you know, from different walks of life. Um, I think there's so much wisdom and value in that. And, but on the gym point, like what we were just talking about, I keep hoping at some point in my life, I'm going to run into Ronnie Coleman at the gym. Do you know who Ronnie Coleman is? Absolutely. I know. Oh, my Ronnie God. Coleman Can is. you imagine that? Just walking in here. Yeah, buddy. From the back. It's like, oh, my God. I wish yes. I could tell you a story. I'll tell you a story off, off air because okay. I can't. I can't talk. We can't talk about it right now. <laughs> okay, fair. But, yeah, Ronnie Coleman's a legend. I'm a big fan of Arnold Schwarzenegger. Same. You know, like what those guys did. Now, to me, that's the extreme. I get it. Yeah. That's their thing. I don't want to do that. And, like, you seeing what that did to some of those guys' bodies now. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, like Ronnie in particular. I mean, being healthy and in shape is one thing. Pushing yourself, like, and it served a purpose for them in their lives at those times. Like, yeah. I, I mean, I would like to have the conversation with them now. Like, would you trade that? Would you trade that? Would you... If you could have done that with a little more modesty or taking it down a couple notches for you living your life now, knowing that you're still alive now, would you have sacrificed what you sacrificed for that? Or right. to them, maybe the sacrifice was worth it. You know, they may have been going through some much worse shit yeah. that that payoff was worth it to them. Yeah. That's why they still do what they do. And you got a Ronnie Coleman walking around with a walker and shit but yeah. he's still in there banging weights man yeah. banging weights the weight another that, peanut weight that you and i can't even lift hell no they'd be better and the dude is crippled and had <laughs> neck and back surgery he's fused from his top of his neck to the bottom of his spine yeah and yet dude's still in there banging yeah. 4 a.m i mean that is insane but that just shows that different people are motivated and have different reasons for what they do. Yep. And we don't always understand it, and it may not look like our norm, but it may be somebody else's norm. 
And yep. we need to learn to quit judging that as much. I mean, I was guilty. I just told a story where I was guilty of it. We all are. And we, we all are. are. We do yeah. this on a daily basis. But be more open-minded. You know, ask a question. Say hello. Yes. Say hello. Ask and genuinely care how somebody's day is going. Yes. We all go through shit. Yep. We all have bad days. But that simple conversation could completely change that. Yep. It could open up a new door, a new friendship, a new relationship, a new opportunity. Gary, think about this, All man. that is there. You're right. A thousand percent. And there's a reason why you can ask anybody that you run into, and they can do an Arnold Schwarzenegger impression. Mm-hmm. He is that relevant. He has transcended everything, boy, the pop culture, like fitness, health, everything. And he's still, like, he was a governor, man. Can you imagine, like... Mm-hmm. Who would have thought that bodybuilder to movie actor to governor, and you know also loves the stogies too. So come on, <laughs> everybody could do an Arnold. That's what's wild to yeah. me. It's like that's that dude moved to the states, put it all on the line. It was a different time back then, but at the same time, he's still relevant today. He's seventy five mm-hmm. years old, and he's one of the biggest people on like social media and TikTok and stuff like that. And like, and he's sharing his knowledge yes. still. Still to this day. No, that I, I can't say enough about him, man. Like, yeah. he's, he, like I hope that I can live a life. Like I gave away. You're gonna kill. You're a collector, so you're gonna kill us. <laughs> so I found and framed Uh-oh. all five of Arnold's iconic poses, posters that I want to say Bally's did back in the day. It was released by Bally's. Five posters. I I wanted to get them signed. And I realized, like, I had no room for him in my house. I gave him to my trainer friend yeah. to help me through a lot. I know they're in a good home. But, yeah. man, like, the, I found five of them, the whole set, pristine. These were li- released in, like, the early 90s yeah. after he won all of his Mystery Universes. They're so iconic. But, like, <laughs> I can remember my old roommates messing with me because there's one of them where Arnold's, like, flexing. And I had it over my bed, man, at the time at my apartment. And they're like, what do you do, beat off in front of Arnold? And I'm like, I hate you guys. You're such assholes. But, yes. you know, I, no. that's stuff guys do to, you know, each other. Uh, quick few shout-outs, man. Chase, what's up, man? Glad you're uh, checking out the show. Lee, thank you so much. Adrian. Adrian. I want my sponsorship, bro. I feel like, I mean, I wear this shit, like, every week when I'm on here. I don't feel like I should be paying for cigar talk lot or cigars and guns t-shirts anymore. I think I've earned my my promoter status. Any minute he gonna come through the door and be like, "What?" Yeah. He's right around the corner. Yeah, could come right in here. But for those of you that don't know, before we carry on and wrap this show up, you should check out Cigar Talk Live tonight if you are not planning on it. I hope you have a strong. Stomach. And I hope you have a strong stomach. I don't, but I've got to see this. Adrian's wife is challenging Brandon Frakes, and there's this crazy big bet. You should see these damn minnows. I did this at Redneck Haven when they used to have the little minnows. You poured it in the shot into the minnow. I I did did that dumb shit when I was much younger. They have a bet tonight. Cat has to take out the minnow, and these minnows, I'm not shitting y'all. They're like, they're big. They're big. They're big. She has to pet it, name it. And then she has to put it in and shoot it while it's still swimming. Like, not enough time that the alcohol can kill it. (laughs) Shoot it. Two of them. If she does this, Brandon, and I'm going to butcher this. Maybe, Biz, you can help me out here. 
Brandon has to then. What's the egg called? I don't know. It's some big. It's like beluga, beluga egg. Yeah. So it's a duck egg. It's like a super big egg. With the duck in it. The duck. The baby duck is in it, dead. And they cook it, and he's got to eat the whole damn egg. No, I'm good. That's happening tonight <laughs> on Cigar Talk Live. So I feel like y'all should tune in, check it out. I'm sure there are going to be a lot of other interesting things. I'm personally going to be out in the lounge because I'm going to watch that shit because I got to watch Cat squirm. Like, I love messing with Cat. But, yeah, watching Cat take down those two minnows, and I hope to God she can do both of them because I really want to watch Brandon have to eat the duck thing. Like, that. I, I might have to turn my eyes when he does this. <laughs> oh, God, Not going to lie. It might make me sick, but I really want to see I'm it. I'm team Cat on this. Like I hope she can do it too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> oh God, dude. Yeah, that well, was that was a, that was a special time, man. Like doing that shot, I was like, man, that. You look back, you're like, why did I do that? All right. Speaking of, all right, you brought something special because you're super into this like Viking stuff. I yeah. mean, like the Viking brother beard, and you brought like props and everything. Yes. I shouldn't be surprised. I was wondering what the hell that was over there. Yep. So, Biz, you're going to have to man up. You're going to have to do a shot of something here. Cause oh, I yes. work. Hey, you said I just had dinner. I'm good. Let's go. Yeah, yeah all right. He, he, you heard him say that. So, we're going to do some, like, Norse Viking tradition yes. here. We got our drinking horns here. So, Biz, which one do you want, man? Uh, I take the one on the left. That okay. One. All, all right. right. So, well, I'll, I'll, I'll do one and then Biz can do one. All right. So this is mead. Uh, it's a traditional drink. Like, like mead? Like Thor mead? Yeah. Mead. Yeah, mead. It's, it's honey yeah. wine. So this is a Fort Worth brand called Bean Brew. They're awesome. Check them out if you haven't. Um, well, no, you're good. Yeah, you're no good. shit. You're good. Whoa, whoa don't, don't like kill me over here. No, you're no good, shit. man. It's you sweet. First, Alex, you saw I did not pour that <laughs> if you're watching this. This is our boy over here, which I'm going to hook so, you up with. Yes. So we like to say skull. It means Cheers, props, whatever you want to do. All right, is there some, like, Viking? Like, I feel like you, you know have what? some other Viking thing we should do before we do this. Well, yeah, we, I don't know we can, like, set bonfires and like, do all the crazy stuff. You got to burn down a village and kill yeah, some exactly. Sheep. I've got but, something for you that when I get my next barrel from Alan Bishop, who I'm yep. going to get down here on the show. Yes, Chase, Brad McNeil, we're getting his ass on here. I think you need to come on here with him. Yes. Just so we can keep him in check a little bit. But, yeah, Chase, we're down on that. This is a special drink. It's good. Here's the good health and friends, man. All right. Cheers, brother. What do you think? It's like fig and honey. It's got, it's kind of, it's different. I like it better than the ZZ Top. Yeah. We can talk about that. But uh, yeah, man, that's, that doesn't suck. No. Now, see, when you drink like like, beer, yeah. It's got a little bit of a beer taste to it. But then it's got the honey, and like you said, fig. I yes. totally got the fig part on there. He gave you a girl oh. shot. Of That's course not even right. Me. You want more biz? No, I, I uh, he gave you a girl shot. <clears throat> hey, man. Asgard. There you go. Yeah. Skull. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's not bad, dude. Like, and it's light. I was expecting like some kind of like Viking, you know, like... It's good, right? Hammering you. Now, see, here's the thing. It's 19%. So when you have three or four tankards, you're going you're gonna to you're be in a good spot. So I don't need to take my well, thank you for sharing that yeah, with absolutely, us. Yeah, absolutely, man. awesome. Happy so, to do it. So my friend Alan Bishop is yeah. the dist- head distiller at Spirits French Lick. 
Awesome. Alan likes to send me weird shit. You're going to love this. You and Alan are kindred spirits. Awesome. And he loves this kind of stuff. I hope he watches this. I'm going to have to send him this link. <laughs> yeah. But so Alan sends me this weird bottle. I get it in a package from Alan. And I'm like, what the hell is this? It looks like moonshine, right? Like it's in this like flask type jar. And it says Groot on it. And I'm like, okay, I don't want to be the dumbass and ask him what Groot is. So I Google Groot. The definitions you get Googling Groot is nothing that's going to really tell you what Alan Bishop just sent me. <laughs> so my older brother comes over, who yeah. I've only known for like four years at this time, yeah. right? I'm like, hey, man, you and I, we're going to try this shit tonight. And he's like, all right, I'm down. So me and Dean, we crack this bottle, right? Normally when I crack a new spirit, I want to smell it right. before I taste it. Yeah, that was the first mistake. So when you smell it, it smells like you left a little bit in the glass at a senior party in Cancun in high school, and it's straight up worm in the bottom of the bottle. Like mezcal, nasty, smells horrific. I'm like, don't know if I can do this. We both look at each other. He's like, man, fuck you. Like, really? Yeah, we're both going to do it. Man. Took took swig of it. One of the best things I've ever had in my life. I love it, man. Tastes absolutely amazing. And I don't like black licorice either. And it smelled like it had some black licorice to it. Like, all right. So finally, I can't take anymore. I, I call Alan and I'm like, I texted him. I'm like, because it was late at night. We're, we're hammered now. You know, we were <laughs> drinking Groot and damn near killed the bottle. And I was like, yo, what is Groot? And he's like, man. So the Vikings made beer. They made group because before there was hops, they made group to add hops to their beer. Groot's what they use. He's like, and I thought with my ancestor and everything, cause he's up in Indiana, big into the Viking ancestry, all this stuff. He's like, if the Vikings were that smart to make this into hops for beer, what if they distilled it further and made Viking whiskey? That would be awesome. He's like, so when you saw me out there with the stones and the fire out on the back of the family farm and I was mixing all this stuff up and brewing and, you know, distilling, he's like, I made Groot. Put it in my basement and, uh, you know, just distilled it, put it down there and bottled it, going, okay, that's Groot. So Groot is Viking whiskey if the Vikings were smart enough to take their Groot and make whiskey. I love that, man. He's supposed to have some more coming to me. When I get it, you are first phone call on my list. Awesome. We are going to drink Viking whiskey together. Man, it's just, they were just so fascinating to me. I feel like uh, the more and more that you learn about it, there, there's so many different stories and like whether yeah. it be the mythology of just like all the, you know, the gods, goddesses, beasts, yeah. everything in between. It's just, it's so. Loki. Yeah. Probably dude, my favorite. It's so interesting to me. And there's a, like one of my favorite bands is Amana Marth. And they're a Swedish like melodic death metal band. But uh, like their guitar parts just sing, man. And I'm so going to have to hear this now. Yeah, I'll, I'll show you. But uh, what's cool is like their singer formed a company with some of his best friends called Grimfrost. That's what these shorts are too. Okay. But they do period accurate like tools and forge. Like uh, they forge their own utensils and stuff like that. They built a long ship. Okay. With traditional means, so like, 
that kind of stuff is so interesting to me. And like, you, those are the people that like I want to just have a beer with those people. You know, like get yeah. to talk and like hear their story, like Absolutely. whatever it is. But like, someone's so dedicated to their craft and like something that they're interested in, where they just go all in. That's fun, man. You can learn something. Um, but yeah, they make awesome stuff. They have clothes and like period accurate stuff. They did axes for all the people on the Vikings TV mm-hmm. show. But like hand forged stuff, like carved runes and like designs and everything. It's sick, man. All right. Well, I just looked at the clock and we got to wrap the show up. Unfortunately, because I feel like you and I could sit here and do this for two, three more hours very easily. Absolutely. So you will have to be a return guest on the show. We'll have to do another one. But as we do. Yes. as, As we do at the end of every show, I got a couple questions I have to ask you. Hit me. So, first one I'm going to ask you, and knowing you don't have any kids, mm-hmm. if you had kids, mm-hmm. what would be if, 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 you know, if you, and it sounds morbid and everything else, but it's not the gist behind the question. If, if this was the last piece of advice you could give your kids, what would that piece of advice be to survive and live in the world today? What, what would that last piece of advice you want to give them? Um, stay curious. Um, take the time to invest in people, to hear their stories. Find people that are not only similar, but also those that are different. Gain as many perspectives as you can and form your own conclusions. Like, have something tangible to pass on, you know? Like, take Absolutely. the time to learn. Step outside of your comfort zone and just meet people like we we're so lucky there's seven billion people on the face of the earth right now you know if you get a chance to talk to more than one or two that's awesome you know listen to people's stories you know ask the right questions to get people's passions out and just like keep those stories alive and just like absolutely be present you know i i'm guilty of always looking into the future and trying to be you know like see all the moves and just perfection yeah we all are. We all are. But be present and allow yourself to be open-minded to different viewpoints and just learn people's stories, man. Like, the, the human mind is so amazing. The human heart, um, the, the synergy between the two, you can really learn a lot. So just learn as much as you can during your time. Absolutely. Awesome, awesome answer. Next question. All right. And the last question. Okay. Before we end this thing. Okay. We ask everybody because we do this little segment in this show called My Two Cents. Okay. You know, it's common sense, but, you know, maybe it's something you and I have talked about. Maybe it's something we didn't get to talk about. Maybe it's something that's just been weighing on your mind or that you feel you want to share X message with everybody about your two cents on life whatever it could be this is totally your minute to say whatever you want and it's your two cents my two cents um it's a really good question i like that i have like three answers i want to just combine them into one um I think it goes back to being present. Being present and spend your time here enjoying the company. You know, all of our journeys are different. We all have different things to get us to where we are right now. 
Um, the most beautiful parts of life are in the people that you meet and knowing that you can connect with somebody um, from all walks of life and just see how small the world really is too. Where like you see in networking, you see in the interactions that you have with people, um, everybody has a very unique story and have very unique life experiences and just challenging yourself to open yourself up to that, to hearing that and making an impact. I think that's the best way to say it. It's just absolutely um, have the courage to make an impact and be intentional in your actions to be the bright spot in someone's day. It costs nothing. We all go through a bunch of shit. We all have highs and lows, everything in between. But just making that time for those people in your life, whether you're your best friends with someone you just meet, um, everybody has a really unique, interesting story and can help maybe fill in those cracks that you have. And uh, just a lot of us, like I'm, I'm, I myself, I keep a very, very small circle. But man, that small circle is full of incredible people that I could not be more thankful for. Well, I'm glad to have you in my circle and be a part of your circle now, Likewise, man. man. Like, Likewise. I've truly enjoyed this conversation. Thank you very much for coming and joining everybody on this show. Thank and you. Sharing your experiences, sharing your wisdom with everybody. I'm sure people gained a whole lot from the conversation we've had tonight. Love to have you back on again as a return guest. Hell, you might even be the first return guest. Who knows? <laughs> we'll make it happen. Awesome. But I want to thank everybody for joining us. Thank you. Please allow a little grace for yourself, your fellow friends, your fellow humans. Yes. Enjoy life. Have some tough conversations. Have a conversation. Start a conversation. And until next time, join us here at Common Sense. Have a great day, and we'll see you next time.